Hi, I'm Dr. Carrie Lam. Welcome to the Dr. Lam Show. I have Dr. Orlina here, who is going to talk to us about how um, you can help your habits change. Okay, why they're so difficult to change and how we can actually make permanent changes, especially for moms who are really busy with their kids, how they can make lasting change for their kids to leave, live healthy lives. So Dr. Olina trained as a pediatric doctor in the UK. She now actually works as a health coach, teaching busy women to lead their most healthy life in a way that they love and so that they can feel amazing and lead a long life and teach their kids healthy living habits. I'm a new mom, so I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. So welcome to our show. Thank you so much. And congratulations on being a new mom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It is definitely a change, but you know, making these habits early on, I think will definitely be a very important change for us, right? And in making our kids have healthy habits too. So um, why don't you just tell us, you know, about how you got here and why, why you're a health coach and why you're talking about this with us? I would love to. I'll give you the short version. <laughs> so as you said, I trained in the UK as a pediatric doctor and I always wanted to travel and explore the world. And um, about 10 years ago, we basically decided that we were going to move to Spain. And I always say I kind of moved with my eyes wide shut because I thought I was just going to carry on working and transfer and that would be super easy. And long story short, it wasn't. Um, and I did do a little bit of work here, but essentially I started working online. Um, at the time I had two children and then I had twins. So I found myself a mother of four children under wow. four and a half. I know, exactly. So life was busy. Um, and I kind of felt a bit like I'd lost my identity, you know, because you know what it's like being a doctor. You're busy, 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 go, 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 doing, you know, exciting, not always exciting, but, you know, relatively important work and here was me thinking and now I'm looking after four children um and it was difficult and um challenging in different ways and I started really needing sort of something an outlet for myself and I thought I would write about um kids and looking after kids because that's basically what I knew from a sort of medical point of view and what I realized as my children grew older was that they had this thing called picky eating. You know, I would give them all these healthy, delicious vegetables and they would just pick out the pasta and horror of horrors. One day, one of my children had constipation and, you know, a bit of backstory. I'd spent a lot of time as a pediatric doctor with children complaining of tummy pains. And I would all say, oh, it, the good news is they're constipated. Just feed them more vegetables. You don't need any medicine. It's perfect. Just do this. It'll be so easy. And then fast forward a few years and here's me with my own kids going, hmm, this is not so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to feed vegetables to your child, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I did some work on picky eating and how we as parents can help picky eaters and even children who aren't picky, really. How do we do that? How do we instill these healthy habits in our children from an early age so they just grow up thinking, oh, this is just normal life. Mm -hmm. And then I pivoted a bit to do adults and because you know as you can see when you become a mother your life totally changes and you get so used to looking after um your children and everybody else and so many mothers kind of lose themselves in that and put themselves at the bottom of the pile and they really need to have a bit of a wake-up call to hey you know what you actually have to start looking after yourself because 
nobody else is going to do it. And Mm -hmm. you're a much better carer and have more energy to do all of these things once you start looking after yourself. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, starting from the bottom of um, helping your kids out by helping yourself, right? Because if you aren't able to help yourself as a mom, then your kids are going to get the brunt of your tiredness or your stress or um, the bad habits that you have produced. So that's great. I mean, it would be great if you can talk about how you can get your kids to eat uh, vegetables. So that'll be, it's it's part of the habit forming too, right? Which is what we're going to be talking about. So why absolutely. Why are habits so difficult to change? I totally love habits. And I think that so many people say to me, well, how do we do it all without thinking? Like when I talk to my clients, when people come to me, they're like, I want to X, Y, Z, lead a healthy life. Some people want to lose weight, whatever it is you want to do without thinking about it. And that those little words without thinking about it, those are habits. That's just it. Once you've got it all automated and autopilot, it just becomes easy. And you get to this place where this is just what I do. I don't have to think about it. I just go and buy vegetables and I eat vegetables and I exercise because I love it. I go to bed on time. That's just how my life rolls. And it's so easy. So the thing about habits is they're also a bit of a double-edged sword because what are they? They are what I call habit brain. I'm being totally technical here, but you know, our habit brain, Mm -hmm. it's really efficient and it gets things done, but our habit brain doesn't really care what habit we have in terms of whether it's healthy for our body or not. So it might have the habit of sitting down after dinner and watching television and being relatively sedentary. And your brain is just like, this is what we do. This is, it's like a computer program. We're running this program, but clearly from a health point of view, that's not as good a habit as going for a walk in the evening or whatever your habits are. Mm -hmm. There is this, okay, it's kind of, arbitrary it's luck as to whether your habits are healthy or not healthy unless of course you're intentional about creating your habits and we can see this in you know when we've had lockdown and COVID and um, if we look back so many people went oh my goodness I put on so much weight over this period of time because I developed this habit of baking or whatever it was that you (laughs) did but other people developed other habits of doing more exercise and Mm -hmm. being more intentional in the habits that they created. So it's a bit of chance as to whether you have the good habits, but inverted commas, or not so good habits, the habits that are helping your health goals or the habits that are not helping your health goals. Mm. So I guess the next question is, well, why is it so difficult to change? And the reality is, is that we set out to create a habit and we're very intentional about creating habits. And we think, right, I'm going to create this habit. I'm going to create this habit. I'm going to create this habit. But remember the whole definition of habit is without thinking about it. So whilst you're thinking about it, it's not a habit. And we Mm -hmm. think, oh, I've made these habits. I call them seedling habits because they're not really properly Mm. entrenched habits. And then life happens. Life always happens. And it's like an, exactly, it's like an elastic band and suddenly you're pinged Mm -hmm. back to those big entrenched habits, your old habits, and then you feel like a failure and you think, oh, I just, I can't do this. It's too difficult. 
And at that point, we need to take a stop and go, no, it's not too difficult. What's happened is you just have a human body and a human brain. And this is how it's supposed to work. This is how habits work. Mm-hmm. You just haven't created new habits yet. You haven't got far across what I call the rickety bridge from A to B. You just haven't made it all the way across. You just mm-hmm. ended up back in place A. You just haven't got across there. So that's why they're, they're difficult to, to make yeah. new habits. Just like your body has memory cells, right? It's like when you like the weight loss, if you have uh, a lot of weight that has been gained and you want to lose the weight, you can you can lose it real quick, but you can always come back, like you said, the rubber band, because uh, it has yes. the memory cells, like fat cells have memory cells. So it's always very hard to um, overtake that with a new habit, right? But you're saying that it is possible to, to change. What what can someone do to cross that, that rickety bridge of change? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. And yes, what you're saying is that actually when you have habits, that they, they come back. So that's kind of a good thing and a bad thing. Um, when we were in lockdown and we weren't allowed out, I decided to dust off a keyboard that my husband had and start playing the piano. And I hadn't played the piano in something like 20 or 30 years. Mm. And within a few days, I, I was like, oh, I can remember how to do this. It's all coming back to me just because of the, these habits that I've had. But clearly the reverse works in that if it's a bad habit, your body remembers how to do it and mm. you can get back into that bad habit. But it works both ways. So for example... I started running last summer. Um, It's not my number one sport. Swimming is my number one sport, but I like running. But over the summer, I'm busy doing swimming. But I know that in the autumn, I will be able to ping back into running a little bit more. It will take me a bit of time to build up, but I've still got that memory, that muscle memory of being able to do it. Mm. So how do people create these... um context right the way i usually tell my patient is that habits are created around contexts is that every time i go see a patient i wash my hands before i see them because that's the context or every morning i wake up i brush my teeth because it's the context of waking up then i brush my teeth or every time i go into a car i put on my seatbelt. so that's the habit that we have to place into a context in order to make it lasting and you don't think about it right um and it becomes automatic Yeah. So well, the way I teach people how to do it is, first of all, I think step one is being aware of your habits that you have, because the problem is we have all these habits that we're doing without thinking. So most of the habits, we're not actually aware that we're doing. So the first step is really get awareness of what you're doing. And you can have habits in so many different areas. So in how you eat, how you exercise, And even how you think and your emotions and thinking about, you know, your relationship with your parents and how you might ping back into, you know, that relationship that you've had for years and years and years. That's all habit as well. So the first step is get really, really clear on what your habits are and, you know, have a look. I recommend doing something called a habit audit. So, you know, you you actually look for a week this is what I do every single day. And this is what I do say on Friday night and at the weekend. So habits don't have to be daily. They can be a longer period of time and then have a look at them and think, okay, well, these ones are great. I want to keep these ones. These ones, not so great. I want to change these. 
And it depends what you want to do, what you want to build up. One thing I would say is you, if you're doing it by yourself, you want to be careful not to take on too much, not to say, okay, I'm going to change my entire life because that's just going to lead to overwhelm and that, oh my goodness, I can't do any of this back yeah. to square one. So you're much better off saying, do you know what? I'm just going to do something small, like, I don't know, perhaps you want to start off doing a little bit more exercise. I'm going to think about, well, what exercise do I want to do? So, you know, half the battle is, picking the right habits think about what's realistic for you and what do you enjoy doing and how is it going to fit into your your lifestyle mm -hmm. so get clear on what you want to get what you want to build in and there's this general rule of thumb which is i want to make it easy to do the good habits and difficult to do the the, the bad habits uh, and so pe people always think about oh you have to be so disciplined to lead this healthy life you don't you just have to set your life up so that it rolls and I like to think of those little train sets you have that you know you lay out the the wooden railings and then you push the little train along yeah. and that's kind of like your thinking brain is laying out the steps of your life and then your habit brain is just the little train that goes along. Because if you think about your habit brain, it's going to make decisions and it's going to win the decisions in terms of, say, for example, you think, oh, I want to give up chocolate. And I normally have chocolate when I'm driving home from work because I feel tired and exhausted. But my thinking brain is saying, oh, do you know what? Chocolate's not a great habit. I'm going to give up habit. I'm going to give up that habit. At three o'clock, your habit brain goes, hey, it's chocolate time. We always do chocolate at this time. And your thinking brain doesn't stand a chance unless you've set it up in a way that you can manage that habit. So it might be that you replace that habit with something else. It might mean that you have to go back and look at other things. So what's the underlying reason? Why are you wanting to eat that chocolate? Because you feel um, tired, stressed, you know, thinking of other ways of addressing that and then thinking, how do I meet my needs in this? I don't have time for me. So it's not just thinking about that exact moment in time, but taking a step back and looking at everything that's going on and then thinking about that moment in time. And how is it that I'm going to avoid eating chocolate at three o'clock? Well, perhaps in my car, I'm going to make it easy for myself to have an apple. So I'm going to make sure there's an apple there. I'm going to drive a different way home so I don't pass that garage where I always stop in and buy some chocolate if I'm tempted mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, it's this idea. Number one is self-awareness and really understanding how you tick. And number two is make good habits easy and bad habits difficult. Yeah, it's really great. So finding the reason, right, digging down deep as to why you're having these bad habits and making yourself aware of them. and then making them hard to get to and then making your easy, uh, your good habits easy to get to. That's that's really good advice um, for changing uh, lifestyle, right? Yeah, that's great. And so how do you think people can make these changes, live a healthy life um, without thinking about it? Is these two steps, right? Is to make, be aware and then make new habits. Is there a an easy way or how many habits should they be changing at once or is it once a week or what is a good way to ease into this for someone who's you know doing it for a first time or yeah or I think, been failing for a long time <laughs> well
Well, I think taking a step back before we think about habits, I think number one is really get clear on your motivation as well, because, you know, why do you want to make these changes? What is it that is motivating you? And the reality is when we make changes, life is going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. There are always going to be times when we think, oh goodness, this is too hard. I can't do it. It's like our brain flips in and out of possibility. It's like, hey, this is great. I've started this new way of living. Everything's fabulous. And then suddenly it flips into despondency, which is, you know, that left brain, which is trying to keep you safe and say, we don't like changes. And this isn't great. We're doing well up until now. So let's just stick with this. And our brain flips in and out of that. And we need to be prepared for that part of the journey too, because we have to get over those humps. I call them golden learning opportunities because they're really important to understand exactly what's going on underneath that repeated behavior of why, why am I getting stuck here? What's really going on? So one thing I like to do is think about, okay, what is, what is your long-term goal? Where do you want to get to? That idea of you know, leading a healthy and long life and feeling amazing and being able to move your body and you know, all of those things and have that crystal clear so that you can dip into it when the going gets tough. And I would recommend dipping into it even when things are going well because it's keeping that internal motivation alive. And that internal motivation is going to drive you forwards far much more than any external motivation, which is I'm doing it because my doctor said it would be great, mm. or I'm doing it for my partner or for somebody else. It has to be, mm. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. So like for our, our fatigue patients, it'd be picturing a fatigue free lifestyle and, yeah, and exactly. that they can get there. And that's the whole motivation for making these new habits, right? Yes, exactly. And thinking, what would my life look like? I love this question. How much energy do you have out of 10 every single day? And, you know, what would my life look like if I had 10 out of 10 energy every single day? What are the things, what are the knock-on effects? You know, you have so much more productivity and energy to do those things that you want to do and start to sort of work out exactly what that means for you. Yeah, that's great. So how do you... Um you know, counsel moms to take care of themselves and also to help their kids live the healthy life and good habits of eating vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) So many good questions. I say to moms, the best thing that you can give your kids is your own happiness. And the second best thing is vegetables. And (laughs) that first bit is really, I think, important because the best way that children learn is by copying ourselves. And so, you know, I talked about when I was doing work with picky eating and the reality, the hard reality about children and healthy eating habits is if you grow up in a family where they have good eating habits, you are going to get good eating habits, essentially, more or less. And if you grow up in a family where eating habits aren't so great, you're going to pick up on those habits. So the best way that you can teach your kids is to make sure that your own eating habits are good and you know there are it is slightly more complicated because you know you don't want to get into battles and you don't want to be pushing your kids you know another thing I think about the healthy eating part for children as well is that a bit of hard love but you need to look at everything that you are giving your children and so many people say to me 
oh, my children don't like vegetables. And when you really dig deep, what's happening is they're being given an awful lot of what I call white refined carbohydrates, processed foods, and they're hardly ever being presented with vegetables. And when they are given those other foods, they're given as much as they want of those other foods. So of course, they're getting all their calories from those other foods. Mm-hmm. Why on earth would they eat the vegetables? It's a bit like this. If you offer anyone a big slice of cake and a bit of broccoli, what's going to get eaten? Of course, the cake is going to get eaten. And that's just human yeah. nature. So it's about thinking about how do I present foods in a way that my children will eat them and allow them to have some control um, but also know that I am presenting healthy foods and the answer is pretty much you need to be giving them a healthy diet the pretty much the entire time mm, that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense right they are going to copy what you're going to be eating so you have to eat well right as a mom and then you have to also proportion wise not have uh, so much sweets or processed foods and give them the vegetables that they need on their plate right so that they don't have a cho- they don't have a choice but they do have a choice of how much right yeah and i would mm-hmm. say as well it does, when i say it like that it does sound very complicated and you think oh my goodness this is just so much work but it doesn't have to be complicated it doesn't actually be really easy and if you think about Okay, Friday night, pizza night, everybody loves pizza, kids love pizza. But the problem with Friday night pizza night is most people say, hey, we're just going to do pizza. But if you get to the stage where you've got your children into the habit of eating healthy fruits and vegetables, and that's what they're used to, and then you present them with a portion of pizza and fruit and vegetables, which might be carrot sticks or cucumber or whatever, and then they're eating some vegetables and a piece of pizza, it's not a huge shift. Mm-hmm. You do have to get your children used to it, but most of you get them used to it by thinking about that portion size of what I call the mm-hmm. desired food. Mm-hmm. And suddenly pizza night is still pizza night. A little bit of, you might have to go through a bit of transformation, but mm-hmm. you come out the other side and everyone's still loving pizza night, but they're also mm-hmm. eating the healthy fruit and vegetables and it's a much healthier plate, much healthier meal than pizza, pizza and pizza. Right. Yeah. I grew up having vegetables at every meal. So, you know, it's something that we're used to, but a lot of people might not be. And so having to make that change might be really big for them. But it is, I, I do counsel my patients all the time. Half your plate should be vegetables and fruits uh, because that's the best way to eat. Right. And so uh, that's that's great advice to really just change people's lifestyle um, from the get-go as a, as a child and even as a parent that you have to change your own plate and the way it looks. Yeah, and vegetables. My big message is vegetables. If you take away nothing, that idea of just add vegetables is so easy. You know, cook exactly what you're cooking, but add vegetables. Vegetables are just easy. You just chop them up and, I don't know, throw them in the oven yeah. or the pan. It's not a lot of work, yeah. but actually that... What your parents did was amazing because if you can just get used to, we have vegetables at every meal and your child grows up thinking, well, we just have vegetables at every meal. That's amazing. That's essentially pretty much healthy eating. Mm, You can talk about nutrition and other things, but no, in in broad terms, it's a big step forwards. That's great. 
So yeah, I mean, I'm so glad we got to talk about habits and why they're so difficult to change and how people can actually change their habits, especially if they're a mom and if they have children with the picky eating, um, that this all leads to permanent change and healthy living. So if people wanted to, you know, get a hold of you or you have any social handles where they can look you up, Dr. Olina. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. So my podcast is Fit and Fabulous at 40 and Beyond, and it's aimed at adults, not at children. Yeah. <laughs> As in, it's, oh, it's, I don't talk about children's health in it. Um, and my website is drorlina.com. And I've got, you know, lots of handouts and resources and, and things like that. And I have a Facebook group as well. Um, oh, perfect. Uh, we welcome you on the Dr. Lamb Show, where we're here to empower people to take control of their health you know, and change their habits like you to help them. And um, if you are interested in seeing our next episodes, definitely hit like and subscribe and click the bell um, button on the bottom for our YouTube um, videos and also our podcast shows. So we hope to see you at our next one. This podcast has been produced and broadcast solely for informational and educational purposes by Lamb Clinic. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The products and supplements discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your own doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and Lamb Clinic does not endorse or accept responsibility for any of the statements and views made by guests. The views and opinions of guests in the podcast are their own and do not reflect those of Lamb Clinic. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on the podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in the products or services referred to herein. Podcast listeners should always seek the advice of their physicians or other qualified health providers with any questions they may have regarding their own medical conditions. Podcast listeners must always continue to follow the advice of their personal physicians for all of their medical needs.